Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Depending on where you may be in the world on today, we thank you for tuning in to the Being Love in Action podcast. And I'm your host, Kenya C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. And we invite you today to share with us while we walk through one of the most love-inspired texts of the Bible. Today, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 13 chapter and the 6th verse. So we encourage you to pull out your journals, fill your coffee and teacups, sip your water, and listen with an open heart and mind while being inspired, empowered, and even challenged as we share through the gospel of Jesus Christ what it means to being love in action. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It is another week and we have made it throughout the week. Isn't that awesome that we have made it? Yes, it is an awesome, awesome, awesome thing to know that we have made it another week. We have woke, we have made it to another day. That is something to be excited about. That is something to give God glory and honor and praise because we know many of us, we get phone calls. We see it on the news. There is tragedies happening all over the world. There are tragedies and and things or circumstances happening right in your communities. But God saw fit to give you yet another day to give him glory, to give him honor and to give him praise. I don't know about you, but that is a, a cause of always a celebration for me. I am so grateful and I am so humbled that God looks upon me day after day, in spite of what I may go through, in spite of what you may go through. And he still allows us yet another day to get it right, man. That is such awesome. The awesome uh, example of the love of the father that he has for our, his children. Amen. Listen, guess what it is? The Being Love in Action podcast, listen, has made it to a to six months. Our six month uh, anniversary was on yesterday, Wednesday. So as of today, March the 28th, the Being Love in Action podcast made six months. Hallelujah. Yes. Six months, six months, six months. I'm excited about that. As you know, I I, I can't, uh, I, I say this with all humility and all graciousness because I am so grateful that God has given this, has given this, this um, assignment to me. He has um, allowed me to not only touch the hearts and minds of people who are local within the United States of America, but he has also blessed me through this part of this particular part of my ministry to bless people all over the world. And that is just a a testament to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, it says before Christ comes back, the gospel would have gone throughout the world. I mean, in every nook and cranny in nation, someone would have had an opportunity to hear the gospel. The question is whether they receive it or whether they reject it. That is something that will totally be up on that person or that country or that location, but it will have gone out and many, and I want to just give, um, 
um, homage and honor those missionaries, people who have been called to preach and teach the gospel all over the world, people who go into remote places that that have a, a heart of the father and that want to share the gospel, the good news, salvation with some who call some people primitive, who have no connection to the um, the world in the sense of what we considered uh, the world and all of its vastness and all of its technology. There are pl- people in some places that have have no idea of what a telephone is or what TV is or what electricity is. And there are missionaries, people who have been called by God to go all over the world to do this. And many have lost their lives as a result of this. And so my prayer today and my I want to just give um, just honor to those to those men and women and sometimes even children who lives um, went as uh, who lost their lives as a result of bringing the gospel to places um, all over the world. So let's always be mindful to keep the families of those who have been affected uh, by the loss of their loved ones for missionaries. You know, we know that the word of God says to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And we know that those who literally lose their lives for the gospel, man, their reward will be outstanding and so I'm just, I just, you know, God just laid up on my heart just now, just to, just to let us always be mindful of that, that there are people who are literally, uh, I, I cannot begin to fathom, you know, some of the, the things that they have experienced. And I'm, I'm here using my podcast, uh, this platform as a way to get to the masses of people, whoever wants to listen that God uses, but there are some people who literally geographically relocate to do this work. So let's give those uh, missionaries, mighty men and women of God honor on today. Amen. Listen, let us get ready to get into this, this, this teaching on today, uh, this quick word of, of encouragement. Um, as you know, we're going to go back we we, we're talking about in first Corinthians 13th chapter, and we're talking about what is love. Amen. And so the last part of this ep- this series, we left out on um, 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 6, 6a. And we're going to continue. So it's going to be a combination of 6a and 6 verses, 6a and b, um, the entire verse. And it simply says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And I'm going to insert love because remember, we're talking about love, love. And when we think about love, we say love is the unselfish act or action that goes against our natural inclinations. But only when we are, uh, we allow Christ to fill our hearts and minds with the power of the Holy Spirit. So love is the action. It it is the the action of um, demonstrating the character of Christ in our daily lives. And we're going to look at three things, but we're going to focus mainly on one. We're going to look at the wisdom of love and truth, which is a mindset. And in Philippians two and five says it best in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That means in every area of our lives, that means in the eros relationships, that is our husband and wives, our fiancés, our girlfriend and boyfriends, that sensual, affectionate 
uh, relationship, the agape, that unconditional transcendent love that persists regardless of circumstances, uh, that storge or familia, that is the love that we have for our parents and our siblings, our children. And then that filial love, that brotherly love. It says in every relationship, we should have a mindset of to love to to have love and truth with one another. It is a mindset. And then the method of love and truth is the behavior or the actions of how do we demonstrate that in our, what is the life application of love and truth, love and truth in the application of it is being honest, being vulnerable about your love. And I'm not talking about again in the Eros type. It's so much deeper than that. We're talking about now in the actions of how do we demonstrate that in the actions of our daily lives in truth and truth. You know, it, it, you know, the Bible says we worship in spirit and truth, but we love in spirit and in truth. You know, um, even when it's hard, we have to push ourselves in and, and do that. And, and one of the ways I, I want to give an example of the actions of love and truth, it's the behavior. It is what we do, how we do things. It, it looks at the, the, the David and how he showed respect and honor because of the relationship he had with his, his brother, uh, Jonathan, who was not a biological brother, but they had a very close bond. And as a result of the love that he had for him, he remembered Again, we're talking about uh, love and truth, the action of that thing. And what he did was when he became king, he reached out to find out if there was still anyone living that was part of the house of Saul. And even though Saul, the dad tried to kill him every chance he got, he still honored the love and the relationship he had with Jonathan. And as a result, he allowed Mephibosheth to come and not only eat at his table, but to live in the palace. That is the action of love and truth. Because remember, we're talking about what love does. It does not delight in evil, but love rejoices with the truth. The truth was, is that he loved Jonathan. They had a great friendship and he honored. Truth can be also be considered the way that we honor people, the way that we respect people. I believe that everyone is due of respect. I don't care who you are. I don't care whether you agree with someone's uh, ideologies or ideology, their political views, their theological perspective. Everyone is due respect. And that's truth because the Bible tells us to respect those who are in authority, whether we agree with them or not. We still have to operate in the in the uh, contingency of what is given in the law. Amen. So that's the method of love and truth. The actions of David toward uh, 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 a direct descendant of the house of Jonathan, you know, and in regardless of how he felt about Saul, the truth of the matter was that his love, again, love and truth, the actions of he was able to be a blessing. <coughs> Excuse me. To that house. Amen. And, and what we're going to just look at very quickly is the humility of love and truth. I'm going to talk about now the heart, our heart and the reflection of Christ and how we look at life and how we deal with the things of life every day. Remember, we're, we're, we're giving life applications of what love rejoicing 
and the love of truth. It does not. It says that love does not delight in evil, but love rejoices in truth. Here is the story of Daniel's three compadres, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And we know the story that Nebuchadnezzar was angry with them because they did not bow down and worship the golden idols that he had demanded for the entire country to do whenever they heard the sounds of the different instruments. And here was these three Hebrew young men who from the beginning of their captivity and being placed into the service of King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, Jerusalem had been taken and seized by the Babylonian kingdom. Amen. And as a result, he, uh, the king wanted the service of some of the royal family. He wanted the best of the best and the brightest of the brightest. And part of them was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which were their, their Babylonian names that they were given. They were not their original names that their their Jewish names that they were given. Amen. Uh, Daniel, uh, was called Belshazzar and then Hananiah. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was Meshach and Azara was Abednego. So their names became changed when they uh, became part of the Babylonian uh, king's uh, service. Amen. And so as a result, from the very beginning, they did not eat what was considered the choice diet of the people that anyone that was in the service of the king. You know, the royal, uh, even the royal servants had uh, better choices of food than those who did not because they were under the king's roof. And so here these young men still held on to their traditional diets. I want you to catch me when I'm talking about this, because the truth of the matter was that even though they were in a different world and part of a world new world system, they still hung on to the truth in the God that they served and what was required of them. Remember, we're still in the Old Testament. So there were certain dietary things that they could eat and not eat. Amen. There were certain things that they could do and could not do. So what they did was they stayed true to that thing, even though they were part of a new world order. I need you to hear me this morning. And as a result, when it was time for them to bow down to an image that was not of God, they refused. I want you to understand that the reason that they we know that the reason that they did not bow down was because in truth they were believers of God, that I am, that I am the God of Abraham and Isaac. And so therefore they could not bow down to a, to any other God besides the true and living God. But what I want you to understand was that there was uh, the accuser of the brethren. That's what the Bible calls the enemy. He is the accuser of the brethren. He, he roams to and fro seeking whom he can devour day in and day out. The enemy is already plotting to see how he's going to try to destroy your life. He's utilizing his imps. He's utilizing people uh, uh, to do his dirty work. I want you to hear me this morning. But even when he tries to get his uh, his men to do his dirty work. Do you understand? The Bible says that the, 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 there is no weapon that is formed against 
any of the beloved of God that will prosper. He did say that it, he never said it would not form. He said it will not prosper. And so what happened was in Daniel three and 12, some of the other officials who despised these Hebrew boys, because guess what? They were not part of their natural tradition. They did not follow the pagan traditions, but yet God still allowed them to prosper in the new world. They were prospering by staying true to the God that they serve in the new world. This message is for somebody. I want you to know that even though you're in a new place, whether it's a new job, whether it is a new marriage, whether it is a, a, a new uh, position as maybe a new parent or a new uh step parent or whatever the case may be, a new job, a new business venture. Understand that regardless of where you are, still remain true to the word of God and who he is in your life. And so here goes these these accusers of these young men. They were waiting because they knew. Watch this. They knew because of the faithfulness and commitment that these Hebrew boys had showed and demonstrated not one day, but every day since they had been there. Listen, someone needs to look at your life and know not because of what you said on the pulpit or, or in the in the grocery store or are on the, um, you know, in the hair salon. Listen, people need to know. Because of the lifestyle that you live. That you live it in truth to the God that you serve. They knew in their hearts that these boys would not bow down to the image. And it says that these men, they went to the king and they said to the king, listen, this is verse uh, chapter three, Daniel three and 12. It says, your majesty, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of the golden you have set up, my God. And here the, the, the king gets angry. He gets livid. And the Bible says, if you continue to read on down, it says that he threw them. He, he said, put them in the furnace. And it says he made it three times hotter than it was supposed to be. It was so hot that the guards at the entrance of the furnace disintegrated. But watch this. He wasn't even inside. They said he opened the door. But I want you to hear this. These young men, because they stood in truth. I'm talking about the humility of love and truth, the heart. They stood in truth. They stood in truth to their love of the father. And as a result, they were willing to face imminent death. I believe that right now, today, many of us are afraid to even be, be considered uh, 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 speaking up for the gospel because of what someone will say. They'll say, oh, you don't like this or you don't like that. You're, you're not God. You're not godly because you're judging no, look at what the word follow Christ, follow the teachings of Christ in its entirety, not the opinions of man, but the teachings of Christ. These three boys were thrown into the furnace. They should have been dead from the moment their toe 
crossed the threshold of the furnace. Watch this. Later on, it says that they saw three, four people walking around in the furnace. The king was flabbergasted. And guess what? They opened the, they opened the door and they were not singed. There was not a, a, a smell of smoke on them because God had sent an angel to walk with them. You know, God reminds us and he promises us that even when we walk through the shadows of death, we are not to fear because he is with us. That's, that's Psalms 23. In your life, your life needs to be able to demonstrate to someone who, who sees you or come in contact with you. They need to be able to say beyond a shadow of a doubt that man or that woman is a, a walker of faith. I don't care what they have been through in their life. I've seen them go through some things. I've heard them go through some things, but yet they never turn their back on God. And yet they've always worshiped him. And yet they've always said, for God I live or for God I die. Not by mouth, but by actions and lifestyle. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was an example for many of us today to be mindful that no matter what we face, we got to face it in truth. Remember, it says that love rejoices with the truth. See, it was not their selfish love. It was the love that they had for God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. They knew that it would be better to be dead physically and spiritually connected to God than to be alive and humble themselves to an image that was not of God. They knew that they would be breaking a commandment. God said we are not to worship any other gods. And they understood because their hearts were connected to the father. Isn't it amazing? John 4 and 24 says, God is a spirit and they that worship must worship him in spirit and truth. Come on, these young men were not afraid. Do you have the love that rejoices in truth? Regardless of the circumstances of your life, do you have that, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego type of love and truth that even when you're facing uh, imminent death or the fiery furnaces of life, that you will step in the furnace and believe that your God can heal you. He can rescue you. He can bring you out. But even if he chooses to leave you in the furnace, that no matter what, for God you live or for God you will die. I pray that today the message that love rejoices in truth with the truth gave you just a little bit clearer understanding of what that means. And how we are to do the life application of love and truth in our daily lives. Maybe you listen and you don't know about Jesus the Christ. You're interested. You say, man, this God sounds, you know, sounds like an interesting person. I want to get to know him. Listen, the Bible says that 
We, we all are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. I am no better than you. You are no better than me. But the difference is I gave my life to Christ. I accepted him as Lord and Savior. I confessed my sins to him. That's all you have to do. And then it says, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he was raised from the dead. You shall be saved. And then I will encourage you to find a local church body that is a, a, a body of believers that teach and preach the word of God in its entirety. That you can learn and grow and learn about baptism and all the things that as believers we share and we rejoice in. I pray that as a result of this word, you were blessed. I pray that as a result of this word, you were encouraged. I pray as a result of this word that you are challenged to have a, 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 the life application of rejoicing with the truth of God, no matter what it may cost you in this world. The Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am King C. Williams of King C. Williams Ministry, and I pray the blessings of God be on each and every one of your lives. Until next week, God bless you. Amen.